now for the Legal Mumble Jumbo. This podcast is based entirely on Frank's own personal opinions and is in no way, shape, or form the opinions or representation of any fire, police, EMS organizations which he is currently or previously associated or affiliated with. The views expressed in this podcast are entirely his own and do not reflect the views of any aforementioned organization. Please note, the names may have been changed to protect the innocent, the stupid, and the brain dead. Salutations, everyone. Thank you for joining my podcast for yet another edition of Frank the Lunatic Rants. Live, from the beautifully spacious and wonderfully bodacious, Fuck If I Know Studios located in wonderful downtown Hamlin, Pennsylvania, it is yet another informative, educational, argumentative, debatable, and downright boring edition, of Frank the Lunatic Rants. Hey there, hi there, ho there everyone, as always I am your congenial host, Frank the Lunatic. Thank you for joining me for yet another episode of me ranting, raving, pissing, and moaning about topics you probably don't give a shit about whatsoever. So remember to sit back and ask yourself this very important question in life. Why the hell am I listening to him anyway? Now today, of course, I have a really, really weird and interesting topic, I guess you could say. Uh, (laughs) Something that you don't commonly hear even being used here in the States. Today, I'm going to, one of the things I'm going to talk about is the great bidet debate. It's a great day for a bidet. Yes, something that was invented centuries ago in France, but never actually took off in the United States at all. And here in America, especially if you're traveling, you get baffled by these things if you travel to other countries, you travel to Europe, for example. And I've heard stories of people... um, traveling, American travelers going over Europe for the first time who who actually thought they were like a urinal, a a weird-looking urinal in the bathroom, which that alone, too, um, I mean, there are some places where you actually find urinals in a bathroom as well, and that baffles Americans, but yet we're not baffled when we go to a restaurant or a store or something in there and there. Figure that out, but in a home or a hotel, a a urinal is just like, huh, what? Um, But days are the same way. We just have this weird look at them, and the attempt to popularize them in the United States have failed in the past, and we were just very dependent upon toilet paper. And it actually came about in actually as far back as the 1600s in France. It was a washing basin uh, for down below, and it was basically the next step up from a chamber pot. And both items were kept in the bedroom or dressing area. And as time passed, they started getting more ornamental, basically looking like um, ottomans and stuff like that. And if you live somewhere, you know, maybe an upstairs, that type of thing, you'd have to haul water up 
in order to use them or to bathe. But if you were an aristocrat, upper class, it was like a normal thing in society. Actually, it was so common in, in upper aristocracy that, believe it or not, even Marie Antoinette, when she was in prison awaiting the guillotine, was granted the use of a red-trimmed one that she can use. So she may have been in a really dark, rat-infested cell, but her right to freshen up was not denied. And then years later, 1700s, water pump handles that could deliver uh, upward spray of water from a refillable tank and then indoor plumbing started catching on, of course, with upper class in the 1800s. And they moved basically from the bedroom to the bathroom. Again, these were things for high society. And they started appearing, you know, more modern ones started appearing in France, of course, and in Western Europe, Latin America, the Middle East, and Asia. But yet, the United States resisted its appeals and basically, the reason might have been the power of first impressions. Americans were actually introduced to them on a broader scale during World War II, when troops were stationed in Europe, and GIs were visiting towns and stuff. And of course, GIs would uh, uh, visit bordellos and often see bidets in the bathrooms, and they began to associate these basins with sex work. So given our Puritan past... It made sense that once they were back home, servicemen would feel squeamish about presenting these fixtures, you know, used to use them at home. In 1928, actually, I was researching some of this. Uh, John Harvey Kellogg, yes, Kellogg's, remember the cereal company? He actually um, designed one for use for patients in a sanitarium he directed. And, of course, it didn't catch on in hospitals and sanitariums, but cornflakes did. And even in places like Japan, they even caught on while it didn't in the United States. You know, like in the 1980s, back then, they started catching on in Japan and in Asia. And the United States, of course, largely ignored them because we're the toilet paper people. But we have warmly welcomed an alternative product, flushable wet wipes. But those have caught on, of course, in the United States like crazy, which is also hysterical because you have so many wah-wahs in this country um, that are big on the environment. And, you know, um, we're going to use these instead because of toilet paper and trees and that, you know, we're going to use these and help save the environment. But we won't, don't want a bidet. No, we'll just use these so-called flushable wet wipes. And, of course, you know, they're a lot cheaper than trying to invest in a bidet or a bidet adapter. But believe it or not, these environmental people that buy them because they're better for the environment, you know, you're saving the trees and that, they actually create major damage to our sewer systems that weren't designed to actually handle these things. Once they're flushed, the wipes can glop together with any fat from food waste and can form what's called fatbergs, which are iceberg-style blockages that can clog the entire uh, a sewer system. They actually, in London, uh, if you, I, when I was researching it up in 2015, there was one in London, they took managed to take out a 10-ton fatberg in a clogged sewer system that cost them $600,000 to remove. And in, I think it was September maybe of last year, I think it was last year, they discovered another one, another blockage in London, a sewer system that they estimate weighs 140 tons. And they're estimating that it could cost them $6 million to repair the damage to these. And again, all these environmental people, you know, it's better than having, uh, using trees, you know, using uh, toilet paper and that. Another thing with research from well, the Federal Trade Commission and that, 
and and people in environmental groups suddenly, of course, turned around when they started realizing what actually makes up these wipes. A lot of them, these wet wipes, actually have plastic fibers in them. So, you know, any garbage that's dumped in the ocean, things like that, it becomes harmful for marine life. So there was a turnaround on that, but yet it, they are expanding more. A lot of people... Uh, are using these I, i've actually have tried and used them i had no idea that they actually cause that much damage because when you look at it you feel that okay it's flushable it's something safe and meanwhile it really isn't anyway getting back to the bidets um again out of all the countries out there that have embraced it and have accepted it over the years and have had it designed you know into their homes and that again the u.s hasn't uh, there was actually, uh, New York Times back in 2007 actually had a uh, article where they said one of the theories why the Americans just never caught on with it was, A, because it was a French invention, and the English basically rejected it, and that sentiment drifted across the pond, you know, and again, as I said, World War II came around, soldiers saw them, and there was perpetuating the idea that bidets were somehow associated with immorality because we are prudish in this country. And they say another issue, of course, is bathroom size. Most bathrooms in the U.S. aren't big enough for them. And it's actually funny because if you're designing a house, yeah, I understand old houses, but houses can be designed to have them in there. You would have a bigger bathroom in them. I understand, you know, trying to get it into an older and existing house would be a problem and a plumbing issue, but, you know, a new house, why couldn't you have them designed in? Do you know, in North America, according to statistics, because we depend mainly on toilet paper, that we use 36.5 billion rolls of toilet paper that get flushed away every year. But it has slowly caught on. There actually is a listing of states out there um, where I guess they surveyed where bidets are actually popular and starting to appear in homes, I guess. And believe it or not, it sounds so crazy because Southerners, you know, really, you don't picture them as being open to stuff like that. And apparently down south, they're more, uh, I guess, acceptable. Uh, Alabama. <laughs> of all places, almost 25% of people in Alabama have access to a bidet. Did Washington, D.C., almost 22%. Arkansas, 20 Uh Then there's Hawaii, Michigan, Washington State, Maryland, Alaska. I can't picture that being something to catch on up in Alaska. Well, when I think of Alaska, I'm just thinking of freezing cold toilets. But they're actually gaining popularity there. Florida and Virginia. They say on when you do everything statistically, something like about 12 to 13 percent of Americans actually have access to a bidet or some type of bidet assi um, attachment. And of those 12 to 13 percent, 13 percent of them are, are from the southern regions alone that have access. So it, it's actually interesting to see how people down south, you know, people in New York and California are supposed to be the sophisticated ones, but down south they've caught on more. Um, I don't know, maybe because they just recently got rid of outhouses. I'm, I'm not really sure. There was another survey. 3,600 people were surveyed. And almost 30% of them said they are somewhat likely to actually look into getting a bidet or a bidet attachment. But 36% said they were unlikely. 
And then everything else is like somewhat unlikely. I already own one, very unlikely and neutral about it. Now, here's a funny connection. Because uh, <laughs> again, um, in the U.S., we just like labeling things like the day is gay. Um, they say, according to the survey, almost 80% of gay people are more open to actually purchasing a bidet compared to um, straight people, only 63%. And of course, people, of course, I'm sure you have some uh, really interesting comments and nasty thoughts about that one in regards to gay people buying them. But anyway, 65%, 66% of people interviewed uh, in the survey say they do want in order to cut down on toilet paper use and uh, help the environment. 75% it's for health benefits. 78% of Americans feel that they are not wiping properly. And 88% of people that they surveyed think using one, they would actually would feel cleaner after using one. Remember, though, again, in America, we're just very uh, conservative and prudish. Even if we say we, we're not, it's still instilled with us in society. To show you how weird we are, um, first of all, showing a bidet in like a film, a movie, and that, that's unheard of. Um, believe it or not, actually, toilets, like showing a toilet even flushing, wasn't even allowed in film. She didn't see them until... Uh, 1960, the film Psycho was one of the first ones to actually show a toilet and a toilet actually like being flushed. Before that, it wasn't even un wasn't common. Like it's the same thing with the media and, and and that with um television. You know, there was a thing. I'm getting off track here, but you know, you, you couldn't have uh, beds. I Love Lucy. They slept in separate beds, and a lot of shows were like that because you couldn't show that. Even though we know people sleep together, especially if you're married, you couldn't have people showing together in beds because you know oh they were you know actors or you know they were married. but even i love lucy where they were actually married they weren't allowed they had to have separate beds so it's like we're, we're just really bizarre in this country uh, on how prudish again that we are when even when it comes to things like things on television and beds and stuff like that how we were in the past Matter of fact, if I'm getting off track again, in movies, actually, old television shows like Tarzan and things like that, it was actually inappropriate, you know, to show you how prudish we were. Um, you know, there's a big thing. I'm getting, I'm jumping around here. There's a big thing against like manscaping and stuff today. You know, you you don't talk about it, like all. Well, it's just weird debates. And it's funny because if you were in movies and that back then, if you were a guy like Tarzan. You basically manscaped. You couldn't show chest hair. You couldn't show arm hair, things like that. Believe it or not, you actually went and, you know, the, these actors were actually shaved because, again, we're very prudish. And even more modern times, you know, until several years back, Disney, for example, if you were a kid, child actor on Disney, you know, don't show any type of things like you were starting to grow facial hair. You know, don't start showing that you were growing up or anything. You know, if you you were a guy, you could did not show that you had like underarm hair or leg hair. You know, some child actors got older on Disney, and this is just going back maybe like a decade or so ago. Um, you know, you suddenly were never seen in shorts on on the TV shows. You know, you didn't wear sleeveless shirts or anything like that because you, it was considered. I don't know, weird, I guess, I don't know, to be able to show underarm hair and that, it, it breaks that whole, I guess, that you're a child 
thought or something with Disney. That's a totally different rant. But anyhow, uh, here, I'll throw in some weird things, interesting facts, by the way, um, because I just love looking weird things up. 19th century in London. Now, London, of course, is where I said had that whole big thing with the, um, <laughs> with the, uh, <laughs> the clogged sewers. Uh, 19th century London. People's home sewage was retained in their backyards in cesspools. And if you couldn't afford a cleaning service, you dumped the contents of their cesspools into the Thames River. And the smell was so hard that by 1858, the resulting great stink courted London's parliament to pass legislation directing the building of sewers throughout the city. Today, they say 2.6 billion people in the world actually have no access to a toilet. That's actually 40% of the world's population. And in India alone, what is it with India? In India alone, hundreds of millions of people have no toilet access at all, with the results that open defecation is common on streets in many towns and cities. And I've heard about that, how disgusting that is. Uh, 600,000 people in India die each year from sewer-related diseases like uh, um, diarrhea and such. <laughs> I've heard of that. Like, I, I don't know why anybody would want to even visit India just based on those grounds. I've heard about the, the open defecation problems. Like in India, they actually have like things out on the street or something where you can like pop a squat or some weird thing like that. Um, women in India go in groups. A lot of times they go at night when it's dark or really early in the morning to go to the bathroom outside and they go together. And it's all based on, uh, I guess, a society design thing there that they um, they don't like indoor toilets. They consider them unsanitary and believe that feces don't belong under the same roof as where we eat and sleep. But yet it's okay to take a dump outside on the public streets. Figure that one out. And I, I don't understand that. And the government has to actually has an initiative to install millions of toilets in people's homes. But yet they say... Half of the people that have them installed will not use them and still continue to go outside. That is the most disgusting thing in the world. Or You really want to get disgusting. Go back to old uh, English times with uh, things like chamber pots. Back in the day in the towns, people would throw the contents of their chamber pots just out a window out onto the city streets. That's <laughs> fucking disgusting. And then why a toilet is called the head, especially military. It came from uh, maritime, from the, <laughs> wow, from the fact that toilets, or at least whatever it was people were using to go to the bathroom on marine vessels, were located at the front of the ship so that the water from the sea would splash up on the front of the boat and would wash the waste away. America is one of the few faces, places, by the way, to actually use the term restroom. But anyway, back to bidets. We, we, in America, we just have the if it's not broke, don't fix it type of thing in our culture. What one culture considers dirty, another culture considers clean or normal. I mean, Americans learn to use the bathroom using toilet paper. We grew up using toilet paper. Your mother and father used toilet paper. Your grandparents used toilet paper. Maybe before that, they used newspaper or leaves. I don't know. But toilet paper is normal in the United States. Now, people residing in the Middle East, for example, the idea of using toilet paper and not washing after using the bathroom would be horrendously dirty. Which, by the way, brings another interesting rant, things that I've looked into. It's actually amazing that when people go out to restaurants, things like that, or sometimes even other people's homes, you go to the bathroom and you wash your hands. But yet in your own home, most Americans do not actually wash their hands after using their own toilets in their own homes. Think about that one.
Anyhow, um, if you live in Japan and Italy, uh, bidets are basically in every home, and doing without a bidet is considered basically barbaric. While using a bidet probably doesn't sound dirty to Americans, it is different, and different to Americans is uncomfortable. Draw, oh, what if they're splashing? How do you dry yourself? Using a bidet to Americans seems complicated and uncomfortable because we're not using it. Everyone in the United States uses to, learns to use the bathroom and toilet paper as a child. It's kind of weird to learn something new about something so intimate and embarrassing of a subject as an adult. So basically, we do the whole, if it's not broke, don't fix it mentality. And I've read stories about the arguments of it as well. You know, just the whole, it's different. Oh, it's, I don't know how to use it all of a sudden. Like, it's just weird. But yet, you'll jump in a shower and take a shower head and wash yourself and, you know, maybe wash your rear end or something like that. But yet a bidet is considered something evil or weird or I don't know. Anyhow, um, on a side note, see, I get off on little tangents and I always introduce something about my own life that, again, people will probably find weird. But I actually went out, um, well, I, well, here, go back a little bit. When I was younger and I was in Europe was the first time I actually got to see and experience the bidet. Um, of course, none of us knew what it was. We were a bunch of, you know, high school kids. We had no idea what the hell this thing was. Hell, we actually, like, put suitcases and that on this thing. We had no idea what the hell this thing was whatsoever. So it's actually funny. Um, but I know some people that have had the attachment things, and I tried it for the hell of it. You know, I was like, what the hell? You know, to see what the hell it is. And believe it or not, I actually got interested in it and used to it that I actually went out and researched it and actually bought I didn't spend a lot of money. I bought a cheaper one. Um, one of the attachments that you actually put on your toilet um, I should have spent the extra money. The, there are ones that actually you hook up that you can have the cold and warm water going and you can adjust the temperature. There's even expensive ones have like things air dry yourself dry and stuff like that as well. But anyhow, I got a cheaper attachment thing and I've actually installed it and used it. And, and it's actually, I don't know, I, I can't describe the feeling of it because it's going to sound weird if I describe it. But it, it there's really, it's actually, <laughs> Should I say enjoyable? I don't know. I don't know what the word would be that you would say for it. But there's, I don't know, it just seems very comfortable. It seems very normal, like it's, I, I've gotten used to it. But I can guarantee anyone coming over to our house, they see it, and they'd be like, what the hell is that thing? <laughs> and just get confused about it, and I'm sure they'll have comments about it. But anyway, that's the thing. As I said, the, the problem here in the United States is that we are just prudish. We're afraid of change. We're afraid of changing things in the United States. That's why some of this other stuff, other things that I've gone on with rants, you know, it's all because of change. People just don't like change. You know, I, I've done the rants about wearing Speedos and that, we don't like that in the United States. Why? Because it's different and it's change and we don't like change. We don't like anything that's different in the United States. It's amazing. Um, like how we, everything's just private. You know, we, we don't talk to our kids about stuff and you know, we were, you know, trying to, we're talking about a bidet or something to your kid. Yeah, imagine that one. You go over, or you go over to your parents' house, you know, as an adult, you go over there and suddenly they have one and you would just be dumbfounded like, um, okay, you wouldn't even bring it up in conversation because that's how we are. We don't bring stuff like that up. We're not very open. We're not as open in this country as we say that we are. You know, we like bringing that up that, oh, we're very open and 
diverse and you know welcoming and all this stuff you know we're, very, we're just very open to things and we're not we're not open to things like that we don't like talking about things like that i'm sure you're probably disgusted because i even brought this up in a rant that i'm actually like talking about this subject it's probably disgusting some of you so you're probably saying oh, i'm never going to listen to him again but of course as i always say i doesn't matter to me who listens to me and who doesn't listen to me at all does not matter to me whatsoever i do this for my own personal enjoyment actually i don't ask people to subscribe to me or listen to me uh, but what i do ask is that if you do have an opinion at all whatsoever if you listen to me through anchor.fm make sure you click the icon on the main page you can actually leave me a voice message or you can actually call my listener feedback line at area code 570 503-6585 and yes it is actually a legitimate number and you can email me as well uh, frankthelunatic at gmail.com uh, give me your opinion on any of the things that I talk about or rant about I, I, I want to hear your opinion maybe if it's a voice thing I maybe I will actually use it in a future episode or even an email I might actually discuss it in a future episode I, I welcome people's comments and opinions even if they're different than mine I might argue and you know debate against you uh, regarding my opinion versus your opinion but I do welcome feedback you know I want, want to hear what's going on with uh, some of my listeners out there on what they feel about some of the topics that I do talk about as as of uh, this past week actually you know I have a lot of people, subscribers out there actually in different countries as well, besides the United States. Um, to, I have people that listen to me in Singapore, believe it or not. The UK, Japan, the Netherlands, Canada, Norway, Indonesia, New Zealand, Thailand, Australia, Uruguay, and Portugal. Isn't that bizarre? It makes you wonder how some of the people even find my podcast because if you type the name rant in any of the podcast directories, you're going to come out with a whole shitload of other podcasts that are probably much better than mine, have been around much longer, probably have much better topics as well than mine are. Uh, you know, but how people in these countries find me beats me. But anyhow, if you get a chance, leave some feedback. I'm just curious. Please be nice. Don't be nasty. You know, if you, if you have a problem with something that I do talk about, yeah, fine. Tell me. Don't curse me out or anything or call me names as well. Uh, I, I wouldn't do that to you. I don't expect you to do that to me. But anyhow, on that note, I, my friends, as always, am Frank the Lunatic. And of course, I have approved this weird message. And for now, my friends, that is all I have to say about that. Birthday card, birthday card, birthday card, birthday card, birthday card, I get birthday cake, birthday I get birthday ever. Do you like birthdays? I like birthday cakes. Do you? Ha, ha, ha.